Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Season 2 of the Pat and JT Podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on! Exclusively on the Parkville Network. It's Pat and JT on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, uh, 402-403-9478. Appreciate you liking, subscribing, and downloading our podcast. I'll let you go, go ahead and do the introduction because, you know, you kind of set this up. So, Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Heidi kind of set it up because she gave me her phone, his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor Wilson is on with us from Nebraska Medicine, and we've known Taylor for a long time. Used to be an anchor yeah. at uh, Fox 42 and moved on to and actually got a legit real job. Unlike, uh, unlike us broadcasters. <laughs> And now, uh, Taylor, uh, we're, we're all really super proud of the work you guys are doing at Nebraska Medicine in helping fight Corona right now. And before you go forward, what exactly is your position? Uh, my official title is uh, Media Relations Senior Coordinator for Nebraska Medicine. But it is a real job, especially when uh, things like this happen. Right. So uh, I do appreciate you having me on. But in this capacity, I'm actually kind of the spokesperson for both Nebraska Medicine and UNMC uh, going forward. So um, anything that happens related to coronavirus, uh, I'm the spokesperson. However, I don't get a lot of opportunities to do interviews. Usually it's the folks wearing the white coats and have MD after their name or our nurses who get to do it. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you about this today. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're here for us and you're somebody we're familiar with. And um, and a lot of the listeners too are going to recognize your voice the minute they hear it. Um, so how long have you been working with Nebraska been, Medicine? It's been like nine years, by the way, since TV for me. I can't That's believe That's crazy. That is insane. Nine years? Wow. Yep, nine, nine, nine short years actually. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So, what other? Before we jump in on coronavirus, then you've been there for a couple other situations. Ebola was the other main situation in 2014. Right. We had a patient in September, one in October, and one in November of 2014. Right. All right. So let's let's talk about where things stand right now with Nebraska Medicine and coronavirus, and how many patients, and and what what you what sure. is going on. So we have 15 people here that we're monitoring. Uh, all are uh, former passengers of the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was docked off the coast of Japan. Uh, they came here on uh, February 17th, 13 of them did. Then we added one more earlier this week and then another um, a day or two after that. So a total of 15. The folks that we added are spouses of people who are already here. So we kind of had uh, reunification, so to speak, putting everyone together. So, and that was because um, were they also all, potentially infected as well, or you just brought them just for like? Yes, all these people um, came in uh, from the cruise ship. Um, they were one was in uh, California at the airbase there in quarantine. One was in the at the airbase at uh, Texas outside San Antonio. Got it. So they both um, came over on the flights from uh, Japan, and so fifteen total now. Um, two people testing negative still. So if those folks remain healthy, remain negative, they could leave uh, quarantine as early as uh, the morning of March 2nd. Is it a two-week 
usually two week quarantine that they were looking at. I'm, right. I'm referring back like have, um, who remain negative. It's a two week quarantine, much like the folks we had come in prior to this, the 57 folks that were monitored at Camp Ashland. Yep, that and that got our my attention to come from Ashland. And it was like, what, sure. what, yeah. what? They're doing what? What's and, going on out there? Yeah, and that, and that went so so well. Uh, we had one person who showed some minor upper respiratory symptoms. They came to us for testing. They had two negative tests, twenty four hours apart. They went out and finished the rest of the quarantine, and then everyone went home, uh, healthy and well, and uh, back living their lives uh, around the country. Now, don't the symptoms kind of mimic that of just the regular flu? So, how do people know what the difference is between Corona without a test? Actually, sure. The, the, the primary symptoms from what I'm being told now, I don't want to sound like an expert here because obviously I hang out with these doctors, but did not spend near the amount of time in school as they did. You're more experter but, than us. Um, upper respiratory <laughs> symptoms. So um, colds and uh, like symptoms, sneezing, uh, fever is a main symptom. Um, from what I'm hearing, we don't get the body aches like you do typically with the flu. So I, I do want to emphasize, though, the things they tell me that are 80 to 90 percent of the, these cases that we've seen so far are mild cases. So uh, for most people and including our folks that we've had here in quarantine, uh, the symptoms are mild or no symptoms at all. It's for the folks who may have coexisting conditions or may a little bit be a little bit older that um, the symptoms could be a little more severe. Yeah, some of the numbers that we'd seen, um, we're talking about most of the cases about 75% were actually in the province that Wuhan is in, in China. That's like the majority of the cases. So you've got a right. sprinkling of other cases around the world that are coming in. But but it's causing a lot of panic in some cases. It, it seems like um, they're, they're calling off or, or closing down some cities in Italy, and they're calling off concerts, and they're, they're uh, ultimate, just like caution, ultimate cautionary tale. They're just like, you know what? We're just going to stop everything until we get this taken care of. Sure. And, you know, I think the main concern now is the case that popped up outside Sacramento that uh, has no known origin. We don't know um, how that person got infected. There was no travel involved. That person is in the ICU at UC Davis as of the time that I'm saying this. Okay. So that means there's got to be someone else in the community that if, if all reporting methods are accurate, that somehow infected this person and didn't know about it, had mild symptoms or no symptoms, and now that person is still in the community and possibly doing the same thing. So that's where the concern starts because uh, if, if it does start in that um, in an area and is unmonitored and untrackable, then you start to have concerns that uh, community spread could become a concern. You know, and you're talking sure. about travel and and um, I don't not necessarily if you, this may not be your information, but what you're hearing. Um, Travel concerns. My brother and his family are going on a cruise uh, in the middle of March, and he's kind of really starting to think about, you know, is this something that I want to risk? Do I want to utilize the insurance that we got? I mean, what are, what's the advice that you're hearing from doctors on this? It, it definitely varies because my daughter has a, a volleyball trip scheduled. She plays for the UNK volleyball team. They were going to go to Italy in May. Oh. That's very much up in the air. I have colleagues who have um, family <laughs> are in Spain right now and planning to go to Italy this weekend. So, the, the advice is, is very much variable at this time. Depends on the part of the country or the part of the world you might be going to. Um, it's just, it's hard to provide accurate information. Obviously, China is off limits and uh, some areas of Asia, but uh, parts of Europe are now starting to heat up a little bit. So the, we, as far as advice goes, we can't really provide 
concrete, solid, 100% advice because be it's smart. such a variable situation right now. Yeah. yeah. Now, the number of cases, okay, we, we mentioned the flu earlier, and I think this is something that a lot of people are, because there are two different sets of numbers that come out when you start talking about comparing it with the flu, is the number of people who have died, and, and obviously the number for flu victims is much higher, but that's because many more people contract it. And so it's much higher percentage wise. It's there is a, a difference. It's not a huge difference, but it's significant when it comes to, I'm sure, to the world of medicine, um, the percentage. Right. And we have some pretty smart people here. So I tend to believe them when I listen to them speak. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and even since Ebola, we've just added such a cadre of infectious diseases experts from the WHO and CDC and people who have uh, been doing this for a living for a very long time who've wanted to be a part of what we're building here at Nebraska Medicine and UN, UNMC. So it's good to have them um, right next to me and, and I get to hear the things they're talking about as far as infection rates and mortality rates and things like that. So from what I'm hearing, uh, they believe as this continues to progress that the mortality rate will be you know, less than 1%, mm-hmm. maybe half of a percent, still a lot higher than the flu, which is uh, probably less than 0.1%. Mm-hmm. So mortality rates are still a concern, even though they're really low. If you think, you know, half of a percent or 1% of the population, that's still a pretty large number if uh, we start seeing those types of uh, things happen. The numbers, yeah. yeah. They, I know a lot of people, that many, what, 15 to 20, I think they said, uh, centers are working on vaccines trying to find that, trying to figure out what they're going to need. There there was even a report coming out, and it just came out today, I believe, as a matter of fact, uh, about in Israel, that they mm-hmm. were working on something else, and they just coincidentally, it's, it was like a stroke of luck that they were, all, they were using the coronavirus as part of their testing. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I, as far as vaccines go, I don't have a ton of information because that's not something we're involved with here. What we are involved with is the uh, first clinical trial on a, a uh, therapeutic to fight COVID-19. So it would be a, an injectable drug if you um, are suspected or if you've, been, if you've tested positive for this, this drug would be um, injected into you to um, perhaps alleviate the symptoms or um, in, eradicate it altogether. So this clinical trial just started, the first patient was enrolled here at UNMC. And so that is underway, started, um, a few days ago, what we don't know is with these sorts of trials, it's what's called a double blind trial, which means the people involved, even the the doctors administering the medication don't know if the patients are getting the real thing or a placebo. But we do have one person here enrolled in the trial. Um, That person has uh, started off in our biocontainment unit, which is for a higher level of medical care where our patients with Ebola were. Uh, He has improved. He's now in the national quarantine unit. We don't know if he received that, that drug or not, but we, um, our folks have been um, speaking to media worldwide about our involvement in this clinical trial that uh, will hopefully be of help as this uh, disease progresses. Wow. So what the, these uh, people that are in quarantine, like how much, how many luxuries do they have? Of TV, I'm assuming they get as much food as they want, sure. like totally just trash it up for food. And like, do they get kind of, <laughs> kind of carte blanche, whatever they want? Or is there a recommended diet? Request for food. Yeah, okay. that's, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, and we're trying to accommodate as many requests as we can. So the, the National Quarantine Unit is, is relatively new. It just opened in uh, a building here on campus just uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Oh, uh, really? The building itself will be um, serving a number of purposes. 
and the rest of the building won't even open until April. So fortunately, we have this space available for these folks. It has 20 beds, which is 20 individual rooms. They're very similar to dorm rooms or a hotel room, um, a bed that's not a hospital bed, so it's more of a, a regular bed. Uh, good size room, um, exercise equipment, Wi-Fi, uh, television, window, so they can see the outside world, they just can't go into the outside world. Um, so the, the accommodations are much better than a hospital room than the folks who were in the biocontainment unit were experiencing. But now all of our folks in the quarantine unit, all 15 of them. And so um, they also get together every day at three o'clock and we have a town hall, a virtual town hall, where they all get to virtual talk to each hall. other. That's awesome. Talk to providers <laughs> and kind of uh, learn about what's working and what's not working and yeah. how to best That's get cool. through quarantine. That's interesting that you do. Is that something people can access? No, it's, it's private just for our folks and uh, for our providers and uh, healthcare professionals. We have some behavioral health, health folks that talk about you know, mentally how to best cope in situations like these. And you know, I've been able to hear them. It's just great to hear all the um, stories the folks are telling about how they're getting through it and, and overwhelmingly positive stories from them about their experience with our staff. So we, we're always uh, happy to hear it when I mean, things are going that's well. That's great having that yeah. kind of feedback, like yeah. right, real time. You know, like this yeah. isn't working. This was this is awesome. Whip your vision into shape right there, yo, with Coogler Vision. Uh, we love that they're a supporter of our podcast. Absolutely. Uh, they've got some great things that are happening on their website. If you haven't been there recently at CooglerVision.com, it already was so user-friendly. If you'd thought about having any of the procedures done um, and so many different procedures, it's not just one procedure, one size fits all. But interestingly, you'll find over 600 five-star patient reviews, which is amazing. The right. number of people that are, are taking advantage and saying, you know what, 2020 is going to be my year. And, and I think there, there were a couple of them that were talking about uh, making improvements that 2020 is the year right? Yep. They're ready to go. And, and one of the first ones was vision. I said what Gary said too. Dr. Kluger's, Kluger's office is amazing. They are amazing because you have cookies and they have delicious like flavored waters. They and, do. Oh, and then they're also great doctors too. And that too. Don't yeah. forget. <laughs> uh, they said that the staff made the procedure a breeze. That's from Natalia. I especially enjoyed the surgery prep in a massage chair I mean, covered by a blanket, drinking some tea. I was relaxed, anxiety gone. I wish I'd done this years sooner. Now to make it even simpler, you can text them. The number to text is 72000. You want to text C Omaha, two words, to 72000. I did that. And you will get back a response that will first ask you to confirm. So I text back yes. And then it sent me a link. And when you go to the page, um, it, of course, welcomes you. And then it's got some real quick questions about what it is that you're looking for. And then I got a follow-up phone call real quick. And super nice, Nicole called, and she's there just to make sure that you got the information you wanted. And if you had any further questions, she was there to help you out. Get that consultation now at Kugler Vision. You yes. can also go to kuglervision.com. And tell them Pat and JT sent you. I mean, yeah. think about these people. They, they went on this vacation and they had no clue they were going to spend a couple weeks in Omaha, yeah. Nebraska afterwards. So their lives completely flipped upside down. So they've got to be, yeah. I mean, like, what is going on? So the fact that you have um, doctors that can talk them through that, those situations, how difficult would that be? That'd be or so hard. Or change their situation. Or change, right. Uh, it's got to be better right. than you think about uh, somebody going on a trial as a juror, a juror and ended up being sequestered. Yeah. You hear right. the horror stories about that. Yeah. So, you know, these folks... Um, 
are making requests to our staff and we're trying to you know accommodate every possible request we can i know folks are ordering things on amazon and the packages are coming in and so we're delivering <laughs> okay wait packages. a minute that's awesome i gotta ask you something about that because there is a there is a a rumor floating around let's just say that that somebody brought up that if you're getting your packages how many of these packages come from china number one right. and if you're getting the bubble wrap don't pop the wrap because the air's from china yeah, I've never heard that. And that is, <laughs> you aren't you aren't following the same people I do. <laughs> they've commented on the Chinese package thing and said yeah. that's really not a concern. Yeah. Okay, okay. that's but good to hear, though. I don't know what they're ordering. I just know that they're they're happy getting the things they're getting. <laughs> I do know they they had problems with luggage, so even you lose luggage on quarantine flights, apparently. Oh, uh, really? Many of our folks got here without any luggage. Almost all of it has now been recovered. Wow. But um, even 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 in this situation, luggage can be lost. Yeah. Wow. Talk, talk more about, okay, the UNMC, or well, Nebraska Medicine, just on the world stage, um, where, where do you guys sit in and what, what's like you guys that's out there? I mean, what, what other countries or facilities are similar? Well, this is certainly a collaborative effort between UNMC and Nebraska Medicine. And um, as far as a national quarantine unit goes, we're the only federally funded unit in uh, the United States. Wow. So um, it's a 20-bed unit, and it's the only one of its kind. I know that uh, Emory University in Atlanta has a biocontainment unit that was used during uh, Ebola in 2014. And so they would obviously have capacity uh, for something like this. But since Ebola in 2014, um, hospitals in um, several different regions across the country have set up biocontainment units so we can handle issues like this on a regional basis if uh, necessary. Now, I will say if, if this disease progresses like it's predicted to, uh, then biocontainment units really wouldn't, wouldn't be, be appropriate to care for this number of, of patients because we just wouldn't have the space to, to do it. You know, they'll, they'll be cared for in a normal hospital setting. But um, these sorts of facilities have started to pop up and become more prevalent uh, because of our efforts and um, Emory's efforts with Ebola in 2014. So does it seem like we're kind of, um, I mean, you guys, obviously everybody's doing what they can to stop it, but is it kind of just delaying the inevitable that the disease is eventually well, going to get to the United States? It's going to get to other countries and just kind of work its course? Like you said, I mean, what are the predictions? Yeah, that's the message from the CDC is it's um, not a matter of if, but when. So I, I think we need to start thinking that this um, could become more likely that we're going to have uh, community cases of this uh, just pop up like they did with the first case in California. But uh, the important thing to emphasize is we just need to have preparation and not panic. I know um, Nebraska Medicine has uh, a pandemic plan that we um, worked on several years ago. We brought it out a couple months ago to, to review it, to make sure we had everything in line. And just yesterday, we uh, brought it uh, to the table again and have teams starting to work on what it's going to look like should we need extra capacity, extra beds, extra equipment, things of that nature. So um, we are in progress of, of making sure that we can meet the needs of the community as best as we possibly can. Of course, it will be a team effort with all the providers across Omaha. Uh, it, it wouldn't be realistic for us to be able to handle all cases of this should it become something that um, turns into a situation uh, where there are multiple cases. So all of the healthcare providers in Omaha will have to band together and will need to work together to address this if it becomes more widespread. Is there a consensus on how this got started? I mean, there, there's talk of yeah. it was the China markets, it's bat yeah, soup, so, it's lab. So the thing lab that born. I'm hearing is uh, it may have started with bats, 
the thing that I think people aren't hearing as much is there was an, an intermediary animal between bats and humans, and it's a small oh. armadillo-like creature called a pangolin. I did hear about that, that yeah. I think could be responsible. Um, it was actually National Pangolin Day just a, a few weekends ago. I can't remember the day. Seriously, I don't have it on throw my it in hand. our face, account, pangolin. Enough. But they think <laughs> that that could be the, uh, the culprit right now. Obviously, more research will need to be done, but... Um, they do think it started in bats, went to pangolins, and then jumps to humans. Interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, the, the Internet goes crazy. It's bat soup. You know, right. It's, it's yeah. like, and, and then, yeah. then it's laboratory-born. And then and so right. you wonder about those things. Either way, bat soup yeah, is just I, a bad know, idea. I'll, I'll tell you, I, like I said, I sit next to some really smart people <laughs> and people who are very much plugged in into this event. Mm-hmm. And... I will say I never hear any of those crazy things mentioned. Good. You just yeah, don't follow the right people, Tyler. you got to spend more time on Twitter, Taylor. Taylor. Seriously. Well, I, I, I spend time on Twitter. Trust <laughs> me. I see it. And I, I'm very thankful for the goodwill we have out there. Yeah. It is oh my very gosh. And we're very um, happy to carry that flag and hope to continue to be able to do it. But Pretty cool. um, the, the scientists and doctors behind this here at UNMC and Nebraska Medicine um, are only talking science and not talking about those things. Mm-hmm. And um, if we don't trust science, we don't trust these people, I don't know who we should trust. True. Very good. Now let's talk prevention. Uh, then another another internet possibly rumor. I know I saw a couple of news stories about it. Uh, on Lysol, cans of Lysol or Clorox, coronavirus viruses listed as one of the germs or the germs that cause coronavirus can be eliminated on surfaces. Sure. It, it sounds like it's more complicated than the simplicity of that statement. Well, you know, a lot of people talked about that and said, well, this, this is, disease has obviously been around for a long period of time. And it's true. Coronaviruses have been around for a while. There's more uh, than one. They, they cause the common cold. So yeah. that's what people are referring to on, on those warning labels or, or the explanations that are on those uh, bottles of Lysol or Clorox. So when people see that, they should realize Coronavirus has been around a long time. This one is just a different coronavirus. And, you know, it could be possible. I was talking to uh, Dr. Mark Siegel came to campus. He's the Fox News medical correspondent. And I asked him, could it be possible if we develop a vaccine for this? Could it be uh, possible that we get a a vaccine for this along with the the seasonal flu vaccine? He said, yeah, it could be possible. It could be something that once we develop the vaccine, we'll just get our shot for this one and we'll get our shot for seasonal flu and then we'll be covered until the next thing. That's right, cool. right. We just got to get over the hump of figuring all the other yeah. stuff out in between. That's what you guys are doing. Um, I, I just love the fact that it's here. It's at I home and that the, the world's attention is on the people that we have here, here in Omaha and in Nebraska. And it's very, it makes you very proud. It <laughs> there, really does. There were a couple yeah. of stories. National uh, commentators had trouble uh, pronouncing the, the word Omaha. Like, where are you from? I mean, seriously, I, I was like, Omaha. have you not said Omaha ever before in your life? Really? Omaha. I've not heard that. How, how do we pronounce Omaha? Omaha. Um, Omaha. Omaha. It was like, it was like the emphasis was on the wrong syllable or something, and I kept hearing it on one of the yeah. national, I'm like, what is wrong with this? It's Omaha. Yeah. We, are, we are still flying under the radar to some degree, <laughs> I would say that. We've had a lot of national attention and, and done a lot of national interviews and had some folks on campus. But, um, you know, it's just kind of how Nebraska is. We just kind of do the work. And get the job done, and that's what our folks are trying to do. Just stay right. focused and um, provide a, a great mm-hmm. service to the community, and yeah. at the same time, um, helping out um, with this uh, world issue right now. So, so before we we say goodbye, uh, just on a day day basis, is it just as simple as wash your hands, cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough? Yep. Um, so, best advice I've heard 
is the first thing is um, the main concern with this virus is someone coughing on you, sneezing on you, breathing droplets directly on you, um, face, eyes, mouth, nose. So that's the main way it's transmitted. To a lesser degree, it's contact with surfaces where the virus lives. So if someone sneezes on a table and you touch the table and touch your face. So that's a lesser concern, but still a concern. So the, the thing that um, I'm already starting to do is practicing not touching my face because it's you get hard. tired at the end of the day and your eyes get dry and you rub your eyes. And that's probably the way the, the majority of us get colds and the flu. So start practicing that now. Um, be cognizant of when you do it. And then in addition to that, practice good hand washing technique right now. You have to do it for at least 20 seconds. Jeez. People say sing the ABC song. Yeah, so long. That's it. it. The right way. You have to um, wash the thumbs like this. You have to interlock the fingers like this. You have to get the backs of the hands like this. Yeah. So that's something I'm already doing right now. And I think a lot of us, if we just start doing that and start practicing it right now, it will go a long way. Is there, is there one soap above another? I haven't heard any preferred soap. <laughs> I, did, I did hear with hand sanitizers, I've heard 60% alcohol or more. Okay. Ooh. Very good. Perfect. Superman, thank you so much. I don't know so if anything less than that, I, but that's what I heard. Well, you know, that's interesting because there was a story about hand sanitizers, and it, it mentioned that fact that a lot of the hand sanitizers that people buy are totally ineffective. And and it's yeah, it's and like... Really? Hand washing is still preferable. Hand washing is still preferable. Is, is Before meals and as often as you can. Absolutely. There you Taylor, go. you're awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today for so long. We really well, appreciate fun. it. I enjoyed it. I, it makes me sound really smart. I'm just listening to smart people. Man. Yeah, see, it's all about the people you surround yourself with. That's, That's right. right. It's true. That's right. <laughs> it makes you really smart, but it's just memory. That's, That's all right. it is. You did great. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again and, and get to hear some great updates. Sure. No right. problem. Happy to do it. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Have a good Thank one. You. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you. So wash your hands more is basically wash what Taylor's saying. Wash your hands. Well, don't right. touch your face. Dang it. I always touch my face. A I lot. think you get sick through your you eyes. You really do. A lot. I know. I love my face. Have you seen my face? <laughs> I love touching my face. Especially after shave day. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, thanks, Taylor. Pat and JT. Pat and JT Podcast. A Parkville Media Production.